0: and our hope is that you would have a gospel-centered local church that you call home. Thanks again for listening. Woo, hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? Woo. Man, that was some good worship. And uh, man, I am honored and excited to be here. Last time I was here was about, I want to say, two months before COVID. And uh, many of us had no clue that we're about to, to see our lives, this nation, uh, and, and not even just this nation, but the whole world turned upside down um, by this virus. And I'll tell you, it, it's, it's incredible, though, to see what God has done in this church uh, since I've been here. Just, just incredible. Uh, you know, uh, Pastor Jonathan and I have been just talking about that. And if you don't know me, uh, I pastor Ash Community Church. We're in the Pasadena, Deer Park, La Porte area along the Ship Channel. And uh, uh, the church I pastor is uh, mainly urban. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and then we have suburbia, but uh, we, God's been faithful. We reach many people from the streets, and I'm just excited to be here. Um, and so I want to read. I know they just read. I want to read from verse 6 again from Psalms 85. We're going to pray. No, today's going to look a little different. It's one of the things I love about this church and about your leaders. Um, I'm going to be uh, expositing from Psalms 85, and as we do that, there's going to be some uh, points, breaks in the message where we're going to take time together and pray. Amen? And I know some of you are like, what? But it's going to be great, man. We're going to see God move. and So I'm excited about this series, and I get to help start it off. But uh, let's look right here at verse 6, and then I'm going to pray. It says, Will you not revive us again? Everyone say, revive us again. Revive us again. That your people may rejoice in you. There can be no true joy no true peace. As it said, there can be no peace and righteousness kissing without revival, without the presence of God. And so let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. God, I thank you for this word. Lord, I thank you last Sunday. Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. Lord, where you breathe upon the church. And Lord, you, you stirred the hearts. You were causing people to come to know you. You were causing the church to advance and the spread, Lord God. And Lord, we once again need that, God. We need you to breathe on Brian and College Station. We need you to continue to breathe on Restoration Church and all the churches in the surrounding area, God. We need you to breathe on us, O oh Lord. God, revive us, Lord. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me. No one needs my opinions. We need the Word of God It speaks life. And Lord, I pray that if there are people here right now who do not know you, today would be their day, their hour of salvation. I pray for the prodigals. Today would be their day to come back home. I pray for those of us who might be in a slumber or who are drowning in the things of this world. God, today we would be rescued, pulled out, Lord. So God, be glorified. And Lord, more than anything, revive us, God. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. I love this psalm. Many of the psalms, when you read psalms, it's usually just King David or it's another psalmist. But when you read Psalms 85, you have the whole nation of Israel coming together just like right now. Right now, we have a large group of people coming together, the body of Christ. And that's what's happening in Psalms 85. It's not one individual crying out, God, woe is me. God, revive me. Lord, I see my sin. But the entire nation sees that they have sinned against God. They have caused him to turn his face away from them. And that his anger is pouring out on them. And so they're crying out, God, revive us again. Let us see your goodness, your mercy, and, and, and all that once again. And, man, we should pray that for our nation. Amen? I mean, imagine if all of a sudden our phone alerts us, saying the president has, uh, he, he has to speak. You know it's sad because we're so divided. Many of us are like, I don't care, and that's how we felt about the, the last president. But imagine all suddenly he comes up. We don't want to hear what he has to say. One half of the nation, the other half, it, it's like, oh, what's he going to say? And all of a sudden we hear him go, "We sinned, and as a nation we must repent." Like that would be incredible. Yeah. It's what we need. We need for our leaders and we need for the church to stand up and realize we are in sin and we must repent. We're all guilty. Amen. And this is what's happening in Psalms 85. And to help give you a clearer picture, I shared this to our church. About in May of last year, the Lord really convicted me and stirred me up. I was I was reading the Word, and, and, it, was, and it was right after um, the, the events that took place with George Floyd. And I was just like, God, what is going on? Like, we have this virus now. We have this uh, horrific incident that just took place where, as a nation, we watched someone die before our very eyes. And I was just seeking God, and the Lord convicted me in Jeremiah and showed me that I myself had been in a slumber. That, man, I had been asleep And I was like, what do you mean, Lord? I read your word. I'm I'm, I'm pastoring. I'm doing so many things. And he was like, yes, you're busy about a thousand things, Billy, but your soul is perishing. The Bible is a checklist. Everything is a checklist. When's the last time you just really sought my face and just wanted to be in my presence? And it had nothing to do about your marriage. It had nothing to do about your kids. It had nothing to do about church. It was just me and you and that's it. And I just cried. I wept and I said, God, I'm sorry. And I remember I went to my wife and I said, Babe, I'm, I'm afraid not only would the Lord have been a slumber, but I've been a slumber when it comes to our family and everything's a checklist. And I remember she just cried and she goes, Praise God, He's shown you. And I was like, Wow, Lord, how, how run this? How bad is this? And I remember I went for the church and I just repented before our church. And I've just been watching God just rock our church and, and just like y'all just do incredible things. Like things that people said weren't possible for church growth and salvations and all that, and family. What the Lord had showed me is, I looked at this sermon. Many of you, I want you to ask yourself: Are you in a slumber? You see, we see people sleeping and we think it's okay, but is God telling us like the apostles and like He tells us throughout Scripture, "Wake up! Do you not see the urgency of the hour? Do you not see the state of your soul, the state of the church, and the state of the nation?" Because I believe there's many of us who need to be awoken. We need to be awake. That we, when We're going through this checklist. And our soul is just dying. But everybody thinks it's great. And another image the Lord showed me as we, as we go through this text. And uh, man, uh, was my, my sister. And so when I was young in elementary, I, I come from a broken home. And, uh, and so we're, we're at my dad's house, uh, apartment actually, and we're in the swimming pool. And, and we're all elementary age. I'm probably around uh, 10, 11. And I got three sisters. And, uh, and, and then I'll, I'll get another sister in high school. And, and that's another story for another message. But I remember my dad jumping out of the pool going, where's Teresa, my baby sister? And we're like, we don't know. And I remember me and my sisters turning. All we see his hair floating on top of the water. And I remember we just froze. We didn't know what to do. And I'll never forget my dad. We just watched him dive into the water. And he just scoops my baby sister out of the water who just is lifeless. Just nothing. And he throws her up. Uh-uh. and I remember he just begins to do CPR and just imagine I'm doing, and he's like breathing into her mouth and he's doing CPR. He's going, God, don't let my girl go! God, revive my daughter! God, breathe into my daughter! God, no, you can't let this happen! He's just pleading, he's yelling, someone someone go call 911, there's no cell phones at the time, and, and I have no clue if anybody from the apartments could even hear him. My sisters and I are just frozen, we don't know what to do, we're just crying, thinking oh my gosh, we think we just watched our sister die before us, and my Dad is just pleading, crying out to God. And I'll never forget, like a few minutes later, she just coughs and water just comes up out of her. And, and, and my dad raises her up and she's like, Dad. And he just hugs her. And I remember he picks her up and he just yells, Everyone. And we just go jump in the car and he, we take off to the hospital. And they, and they do the, the rest of what they need to do on, on my baby sister. And family, one of the things the Lord showed me is there's those of us right now, you're drowning. You know how to smile when you come to church. But you are drowning. And the only person who can bring you back, the only person who can breathe life over your marriage, or your child, or you yourself, is God. And are we crying out to Him? And are we pleading to him? Because that is what the the psalmist is doing here. As the whole nation of Israel comes together, they're crying out, acknowledging, God, we know we're in a slumber. God, we know we've been drowning. And God, we're done being in a slumber. And we're done drowning. We want to be revived. We want to be back in your presence with you. Amen? And this is what we must be asking ourselves as we go throughout this message. So are you in a slumber? And are you in danger of falling back into a slumber? Do you grasp the state of your soul and that you need to be revived? When and where in your life do you need to be revived? And family, are you fighting God who's who's jumped into the water, wants to rescue you? Are you fighting Him? Fighting Him off? Because if you know anything uh, about people who are drowning, I was a lifeguard I mean, they have to teach you certain ways to come up to somebody drowning. Why? Because they'll just immediately begin to fight you and they'll take you down with you. And that's what some of us are doing to God. It's what some of us are doing to people that God is sending to rescue us in our lives. We're fighting them. Instead, he's saying, no, please, yes, save me and rescue me. And family, may we not be the generation of Hezekiah. Like the American church right now is in danger of being like Hezekiah. If you know the story of Hezekiah, he's about to die. He says, no, God, please let me live longer. God lets him live longer. And if you know his story, he falls into great sin after God spares his life. And God speaks into his life through a prophet and says, because of these sins, I will destroy the generation that comes after you, Hezekiah. And you know what Hezekiah's response was? As long as I don't get to live to see it. How many of us are like that right now? Lord, as long as we don't see it. God bless my kids and my grandkids. No, we should be fighting for our kids and our grandkids. Amen? We should not want to see their generation destroyed and wiped out before our eyes. And so we may, may we not be like the generation of Ezekiah. May we be like this generation, this generation that reminds us of Josiah and Jehoshaphat and other kings that cried out, God, revive us and don't destroy us. Amen? And so, family, I love this because this, this psalm is teaching us how to pray for revival. And, and, family, when it comes to prayers, and I would encourage you to write this down. This is something good to write down. Family, our prayers ought to be specific. They should be intentional. Amen? Like our prayers shouldn't be rambling. We don't go before God and ramble. No, they, they need to be specific and intentional. When you're drowning, family, like Peter, when he was drowning, his prayer was very intentional God save me. He didn't have time to ramble, he would have drowned. He didn't have time to go off into this and th- God save me. And and you see it throughout scriptures. You see the prayers. They're they're very specific about what what is at hand. And this prayer is is no different. It's, we need revival. And so I love how it starts off. If you're taking note, point one, on on how to be revived again, how how to pray that type of prayer, family, is, oh God and oh Lord. Everyone say, oh God and oh Lord. Family, there's not a better way to start off your prayer than going, oh God, oh Lord. I, I mean, I... I can still hear my dad's voice this very day. You know what his prayer started off with? Oh God, oh Lord. The hour was urgent for my sister's life. And do we see that? Do we see that if we're drowning or if we're in a slumber? And I'll tell you, family, the people who are more in danger are those who are in a slumber. Because we don't even see it. Drowning, you know you're drowning. Slumber, you don't even see it. You think all is good. And God is like, all is not good. And and I love it because Martin Lowe joins. uh, He he says, man, when you hear someone start off with, oh God, oh Lord, you know revival is on the way. There's not a better way to start off your prayer. Then when when you're praying, oh God, oh Lord, it's a sign of being like prostrate before the Lord on the ground. Or or like being on your knees or or having your hands lifted up. It's this, God, I'm in great need of you. I, I, I got nothing. And God is like, I've been waiting for you to realize you got nothing. Now let me do the work. Amen? And, and, and you see this. Look at verse 4. Look what he says. As the nation, look what they say. Restore us again. Oh God! How incredible that a whole nation is crying out. Oh God! And then look right down here at verse 7. It says, Show us your steadfast love, O Lord! That steadfast love is hesed. love. is, is, is what we see in the Old Testament. That God's love is faithful. That He will not leave us nor forsake us. that's what they're saying. God, you said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. Oh, Lord, let us see that chesed love again. That's faithful. That's enduring. That's with us to the very end. And family, how as a church and how as a nation, we need to make that the cry of our hearts. Amen. And then number two. As they start off, oh God and oh Lord, family, they now take a hold of God. So the, so this the nation of Israel, who's crying out to God right here, has started off with, oh God, oh Lord, and now they're taking a hold of God. And here's what it means by taking a hold of God, because we've got to learn to do that in our prayers. And you see this from Martin Lloyd Jones to To Spurgeon, to Ravenhill, the great revivalists who saw revivals will say, we must learn how to take a hold of God in our prayers. And that's what they're doing here in Psalms 85. It's like, it goes back to if you're drowning and someone throws you a life preserver, what do you do? You take a hold of it. If you care about your life, if you want to survive, if you want to be rescued, you're going to take a hold of it and you're not going to let it go. You're going to hold on to it until you know you're back on dry land you don't have to worry about sinking. And, when, and do we do that in our prayer family? Uh, 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 in Isaiah 64, verse 7, we see this word where he says, man, take a hold of God. In other words, do, do we not see like, like, like a child who knows that he has grieved the heart of his dad or his mother? And he's grieved his dad or mother so bad. like What he's done has brought so much dishonor to the family that has caused mom or dad that they still love their child, but they're having a hard time looking at their child because of what the child has done. And the child is, he's broken, he's grieved, and he's caused his mom or dad to look away. And so what does he do? He runs to dad, he runs to mom, and he begins to pull on their, their pant legs, and he's pulling on their pant legs saying, please look at me again. I know what I've done. I know I've brought dishonor. And, and I, I don't want to change. I, I no longer want to do these things. And, and I need you to shine your face on me again. And this is what they're doing right here. They're taking a hold of God. Look right here at verse 4. Restore us again, O God, of our salvation. And put away your indignation towards us. In other words, turn away your anger. Turn, turn, God, turn, turn that anger away from me. Turn that wrath away. Shine on me again. smile at me again. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again? That your people may rejoice in you. Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak. He's still taking a hold. Verse 9, Surely His salvation is near to those who fear Him. The glory may dwell in your land. As a nation, they've taken a hold of God. And you know what they're telling God? We're not letting you go until you speak to us, until you speak revival over us, until you shine on us again, until we see your presence again, until we see your glory in this land again. And are we like that as a church? Are we like that in our marriages and with our family? And family, let's just be real and honest. That's missing in our nation. This nation does not take a hold of God. We, talk, we take a hold of everything but God. And what's happened, we've seen it even in church now. Churches aren't taking a hold of God. We're taking a hold of ideologies and so many other things but God. We've got to take a hold of God, amen? And then as we take a hold of God, family, we need to repent. Repent. We need to acknowledge our sins. Amen? Where we've messed up. And that's what the nation of Israel is doing. Family, if you know the story of Jacob and Rachel, when they leave to go back to Jacob's homeland, what does Rachel do? The Word of God says she took a hold of her idols. Not God, her idols. And she took them with them. And if you you know the story even more, Jacob will finally take a hold of God. He's going to wrestle with God. He finally lets go of his deceit and of his his wicked ways. He takes a hold of God and and he wrestles with the Lord and he's never the same again. He will walk differently forever and, and he will have a different name. And what does God tell him? You go to your family and you tell them to let go of those idols? To get rid of them? If you want my blessings, if you want me to shine on this family, and what does Jacob do? He runs to his family. Give me your idols. We're no longer taking a hold of these things. We're going to take a hold of God. And this family is going to live for God, and we're going to follow God. And family, repentance is different from confession. Confession is, I know I've sinned. Repentance is, I no longer want to live in that sin, amen? It's I'm not just going to say I'm in sin. I'm turning my back on that sin. Just as Jacob had his family turn their back on those idols, are we doing the same? Are we turning our back on the, on the things that we know that we're prone to wonder in? That we're prone to fall into? And so family, we're, we're going to take a, a, a break right here. And what I want y'all to do uh, as a church, and you can do it at with the people around you, individually, uh, you know however you want to do it, but I want you right now, as we hit prayer point one, we want to take a hold of God and we want to repent. You take a hold of God right now. And whatever you need to confess and repent of, you do that. But take a hold of God and ask Him to shine on you and to keep, keep shining on this church. Amen? But let's let's do that. You can kneel if you want. You can stand if you want. You can grab someone's hand. However you want to do it, but I'm going to I'm going to give y'all like a, 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 a little over a minute and let's take time and let's seek the face of God right now. Amen. You can pray out loud, you can pray silently, but let's pray. Oh Lord, oh God, we come before you as your people, Lord. And Lord, we, 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 we acknowledge, Lord, that we have been in sin. God, we acknowledge that we have done things that have grieved you. And Lord, just as we see right here in Psalms 2, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us and cover our sins. And God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the cross. You know he went to the cross, he took our sins. And he was crucified in our place. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you took our sins to the grave. And then when you rose, our sins did not rise up with you. That they stayed in the grave. And by your blood, we are now covered. Not because of anything that we've done, because of all that you did for us. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that when the Father sees us, he sees your blood. Your blood that has covered us. Your blood that has made us the righteousness of God. Lord, help us not to mock that. Help us to not re-put you back up on the cross. But that we would truly turn from our our, our wicked ways, Lord, the things that we know that we do that cause you to grieve, that cause you to look away. I pray that we would do whatever we got to do to put those things to death, whatever those things might be. And Lord, as a church, that we would never turn from your gospel. As a church, that we be faithful to preach the gospel, Lord, that we would never think anything comes before a priest, Christ crucified and risen. Lord, forgive us when we've made your gospel secondary. Forgive us when we have said church is not essential. Forgive us, Lord. When we don't share the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who are lost and dying and going to hell around us, Lord. Lord, your word commands that we go and share the gospel and make disciples. And if we're not doing that, we're in sin. Help us to see that, God. Lord, help us to never let go of you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And as... We we continue on in this sermon, family. The the point four of in our prayer and and how to be revived again is is revive and restore us again. Look at someone and say, Revive and restore us again. That that talk should never leave the church. Like that should always be upon our lips that we want to be revived and restored again. And family, on that, do you grasp the urgency of the hour? I'm gonna, everybody look up here. I'm going to tell you right now. Our nation is drowning. I talk to people who mentor me, who are a lot older than me, who've been followers of Christ for a long time, and they tell me they have never seen America in the state that it is in. People who lived around World War II, who lived after the Great War, And who are telling me this nation is in danger. I'm hearing people from other countries saying this nation is in danger. The same danger that they saw uh, Czechoslovakia and other countries fall into under the Soviet Union. Like we are in danger. Sin is all around us. And why is this nation drowning? Why is this nation in trouble? Because the church... Linda Ravenhill said it. As the church goes, so goes the nation. Now, praise God, you're in a church that's not drowning. But what are we doing to help all those around us and to help those churches around us, amen? Like, we can't be drowning. If there was ever a time this nation needed leadership and needed a voice, it's time for the church, Amen? We ain't going to find it running to either party. Amen? And family, we all got to see. We all play a part in the church drowning. We all play a part in the nation drowning. We're all guilty. We live in a time where you have those that want to be a part of what they call cancel culture and what we call a false gospel, the woke gospel. And here's why. If you know your Bible in John 8, you have a woman who's been caught in adultery. Many want to stone her. Those people want to stone her, no different from the cancel culture. They're no different from the woke culture. You see, if if you know anything, when it comes to adultery, it takes two people to commit what? Adultery! Two! Nobody cared about the man who was sleeping around. They only cared about the woman. Let's stone her. What does Jesus do? He comes walking up. All right. You want to throw the stone? You who's without sin? Go ahead and do it. Family, they want to crucify Jesus. They walk away and don't stone this woman, but they want Him dead. How dare you tell me I'm a sinner? How dare you call me the chief of sinners? But if you know your Bible, the Bible says, who's the chief of sinners? You, not your spouse, not your child, not the person who votes Republican, not the person who votes Democrat, not the person who's not the same race. You are the chief of sinners. You know what's wrong? We don't see ourselves that way. We want to say, no, this race or this group of people or these people. No, you are. And family, if we can't see that we are the chief of sinners, you will never see revival. There can be no revival for our repentance. There can be no revival if you don't see how messed up you are. God will not do that. God is going to breathe and he's going to use the people. He's going to breathe upon the people and use the people who understand, Lord, I am so jacked up, but thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. I'm going to seek you. You're my only hope. God says, there's the man, there's the woman I'll use. He's not basing it off your race. He's not basing it off of how you think politically. He's basing it off of, do you understand the state of your soul and that I'm your only hope? And the only hope for your marriage, your children, the church of America, and the nation of America. And family, that's revival. Understanding we need God to breathe on us. Understanding people can't be saved without Him. People can't be discipled without Him. We're fools if we think we can do the things of God without Him. No, we need His presence and His power. Amen? And I love it because you look right here at Psalm 6. It says what? It says, revive us again. Everyone say again. Family, again means there's there's been revival before. And if you know church history, there has been revival before. And if there's been revival before, then there can be revival again. Amen? Amen. And Moses is a great example of that. Moses, please, God, you can't leave us. We need your presence. So what does God tell Moses? Moses, I will let you. Be at the tent. You will be in my presence. Moses, my presence will go before you. You know how many of us in the church will go, that's good. Not Moses. Lord, that's not enough. I want to see your glory. I want to see your face. I want to be engulfed 24-7 in your presence, Lord, no matter what it might cost. And family, Moses will see his glory. Moses will see the back of God. And family, hear me on this. God is doing incredible things at restoration. He's been doing incredible things at Acts, but he wants to do even more. Amen. And we got to ask ourselves, do we want more? And and do we want to see it again? And so family, as we go into prayer point two, we want to cry out right now. Oh God, revive us again. And family, don't think about the people next to you ask God to start the revival in you. Amen. Be like Moses right now and say, God, I want to see your glory. And I want our church to see your glory. And I want our city to see your glory. And I want this nation to see your glory. Amen. So let's pray right now, family. and Let's ask God that he would revive us again. Oh, Lord, we ask for revival, God. God, we've heard the days of old from the Great Awakenings to the Jesus Movement to the Wells Revival or to the Shenghu Revival that took place in China, Lord. We we hear revivals that have taken place in South America and, and Africa, Lord, and other places. God, would you revive the church in America, once again, Lord. God, our hearts, we, we know, Lord, your church is in trouble, Lord. Our hearts have grown prideful and arrogant. Lord, we're more divided than we've ever been divided before. Forgive us, God. Forgive us for being divided over things that have nothing to do with your gospel, that had nothing to do with salvation. Forgive us when we have picked up stones and one of the stone people, God. God, help us to see that we are the sinners. That we have sinned against you. That we have put you on the cross. Help us to see that we can't look at anyone else and think that they're a greater sinner. God, when we think that such ways it shows how wicked we are. God, breathe on us again. Fill us with your spirit. Empower us with your spirit. Revive our marriages, Lord. Revive our children. God, revive our cities, Lord. They're, they're, they're hurting, Lord. God, crime is an all is at an all-time high. In Houston, and and I'm hearing what's happening here in Bryan, how crime is just on the rise. It's on the rise everywhere, Lord. God, there's such great, horrific things taking place. Lord, help us, help your church to see that we have your gospel and that we've been entrusted with this gospel, that we have the answer. So revive us, God. Shake our communities, Lord. To the core. Shake them, Lord. God, I pray that we would hear about reports in Bryan and College Station. People calling the leaders of this church saying, I don't know what's going on, but I'm under such great conviction. How can I know this Jesus? And they're just having to go into homes as people are receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. I pray we'd hear about reports of people just showing up here at this church saying, I I can no longer carry these, these weapons. I can no longer, I no longer want anything to do with these drugs. Help me. God, just a mighty move of God. We know you can do it. We've seen it. We've heard it. Let us see it with our eyes, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. And then family, I love this after... They cry out for revival. Look right here at verse 8. It says, Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. Family, I love this. In this prayer, as they've been very intentional and specific to say, Oh Lord, to take a hold of him, to repent, and to now ask for revival. Family, they now know God will speak. And are we like that when we pray? Do we know that God will speak, that he will answer? They had full confidence that God was going to revive them, that he was going to save their nation, that he was going to save their children and their grandchildren. And do we have that same type of confidence? Then when we, we see this in 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says, if my people who are called by name my name will do what? Will humble themselves. Repent. Turn from their wicked ways. Then God says what? Then I will hear their prayers. I will hear their cries. And I will do what? I will heal their land. Family, our churches, our land need healing. God promises us that if we will take a hold of Him and that we will pull on His pants and ask Him to once again shine on us, that he will speak, and that we will hear his voice. We see it right here in Psalms eighty-five, verse ninety. It says, "Surely, his salvation is near to those who feel who fear him. That glory may dwell in your land. So those who fear him, those who draw near to him, God will what? He will hear their prayers, and they will see God." answer in God move. And so as we go into this point three of our prayer family, let's let's be like Samuel right now and say, speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. So that's our next prayer. I want us to right now say, oh Lord, speak. I am listening. And let's listen to the voice of God. Amen. And if you're struggling right now, maybe you're like, you don't understand. I got unbelief. You don't understand. I've done this or that then you go to God and say, Lord, help me to hear your voice that says I'm forgiven. Help me to hear your voice that says faith the size of a mustard seed. Amen. But let's seek his face right now and ask him to speak and let's listen. Oh, Lord, we ask that you would speak. And God, we thank you that you're speaking. Lord, your word right now is living proof that you're speaking to us as we read it. And as we hear it spoken out loud, that is you speaking. Lord, you say that we will see your righteousness and your peace kiss. Lord, you say right here in Psalms 85 that we will see your goodness in the land of the living Lord, you tell us if we will seek you with all of our heart. That you'll be found. God, you tell us if we cry out for revival, that we'll see it. So we're believing by faith that we will see revival, God. And God, I thank you right now that you are speaking. And Lord, you're speaking different things right now. And I pray that we have ears to hear right now. Whether you're speaking about something in our marriage. Maybe it's we've been in a slumber. Maybe it's have confidence that I will save your child. But God, I thank you that you are speaking to us. Lord, help us in our prayers to take time to be still. And to listen to that small, still voice. And to open up your word. Because your word is you speaking to us all the time, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. And then family, as, as, as we get ready to close out, look right here at verse 8. And, 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 and my two last points, one is point six, says we must not turn back to our folly. Family, this prayer means nothing if we leave here and go back to our folly. Amen? Look right here at the end of verse 8. It says, but let them not turn back to Folly. Family, you know what God is saying? Do not expect my blessings. Do not expect me to revive. If you're going to come before me as a nation, as a church, and ask for me to move, ask for me to do this, but when you walk out those doors, you're going to go right back to your sin. We see this in the book of Isaiah. We see this throughout the Old Testament. God says that your sacrifice is worthless to me because they want to go worship God and make these sacrifices, but their heart was far from him. They had no desire to truly repent, to truly be right. It was, hey, God, look at me again so I can go back to my sin. It, it reminded me when I used to run on the streets. i never forget the, the first time I got arrested and, and, and locked up, and, and I'm like, man, I, I want to get out of here. And I remember I'm, I'm praying all these prayers I was told I need to pray that I heard growing up in church. And I remember when they let me out. I want to tell y'all when they let me out. I was a new changed man. And I went to doing all these godly, holy things. No family. I went right back to the streets. Right back to doing wicked things that I was doing. And a matter of fact, I went to even darker things. And that's what the psalmist is saying. Don't. Come to God with these prayers that you know you don't mean. No, let's come to him saying, God, whatever I got to do to not go back to my folly, to not go back to the vomit, but where I'm truly living for you, following you, no matter what it might cost me. Lord, I'm in and in family, we must pray like that, too. Amen. Not going back to our folly. And basically, family, we don't want to go back to our folly because, for example, Restoration Church, you, we, 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 your leaders want to see the entire church swimming, amen? Not drowning, but everybody's swimming. And watch this, family. Swimming. We're crying out to God for revival. We're taking a hold of God. And as we're taking a hold of God and as we're repenting as a church, watch this. We're, we're, we're going on MLK. We're going through College Station. We're going through the different areas. And what are we doing? We're grabbing people. We're seeing people saved from the pits of hell, no longer drowning, being awakened from their slumber, amen? And they're now joining us as we're swimming to the cross, as we're swimming to heaven, amen, to his kingdom, and we're taking many people with us, amen, family? That's revival. And we all got to ask ourselves this morning, are you swimming with the leadership of the church? Are are, are y'all swimming together? saying hey Pastor Jonathan, hey Pastor Matt. hey Pastor Matt because I know y'all got two mats and, and others hey what, what 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 can we do to be swimming with y'all and pulling people out of the pits of hell awaking people from their slumber so that we see the whole city worshiping and living for Jesus amen So where the news media shows up and the news media has happened to say, They're looking for everything that's wrong in this area, and they can't. All they can find is people preaching Jesus to them and saying, join us, swim with us. And they're asking your pastors and leaders, what's going on, Jesus? Family, that can happen. Do we believe that? Amen? And family, that's why it ends with, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Family, will you not turning back to folly? you're not in sin when you're in the gospel and you know that you're in right standing with God family that is where true joy is that's where true joy is that's where true happiness is that's how you can rejoice it's what I was longing for all my life I just I wanted to be joyful I wanted peace and what I found out was I had to let go of everything and had to take a hold of God and when I'm right with him Man, there's great joy in my marriage. Great joy with my children. When I'm not right, there's not a lot of joy. And family, that's the beautiful thing about revival. With revival, incredible joy comes. Doesn't mean there won't be suffering. Doesn't mean there won't be persecution. But there's this joy, family, and this peace, as the Bible says, that passes all understanding. Amen? Let's bow our heads and let's go before the Lord.